Coming to you from the Spirit Lounge, I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa, and this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome back to the Spirit Lounge, everyone, for another happy hour. Hello, everyone. Happy to be back. Wow. It's been a minute. It has been. How long has it been? Like a month? Jeez. I don't, I I lost count, honestly. (laughs) I have no idea. Oh my gosh, has it been two months? No, it hasn't. <laughs> no, I mean, it's being dramatic. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a while, but happy to be back. Yes, definitely. Gosh, I missed it. I actually. did too. I did. <laughs> we may be a little rusty, yes. but we'll bounce back quickly. <laughs> so season three. Yikes. Can you believe it? I can't. I cannot believe it. It's, it's really exciting. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you owe me a Coke, but I think you owe me a drink instead. Oh, so don't we'll, worry. I got you covered. We'll have that. <laughs> more more on that later. <laughs> but yeah, that's exciting. So season three, hopefully uh, all you listeners out there got a chance to catch up mm-hmm. on maybe some missed episodes or if you're a new listener, uh, maybe whole seasons. Yeah, hopefully. I did have somebody uh, reach out saying that they were binging it. <gasps> yes. Yeah. I love that. Love so, to hear it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you, new listeners. So uh, I guess let's just get right into it. Let's do it. I got this really cool new uh, calendar. Ooh. For, Wait, first of all, how did you get this? For Christmas. Oh, yes. okay. So it was a Christmas gift. Totally went with me. So, so what is the title? It's A Year of ghost stories all right so whoever gave you this gift knows you obviously of course (laughs) so i wanted to start the show off with our uh daily ghost tidbits Ooh, that's exciting so today is saturday february 3rd today's ghost tidbit is the day the music died on february 3rd 1959 three of the biggest stars in rock and roll buddy holly JP, the big bopper, Richardson, and Richie Valens died when their plane crashed in a field near Clear Lake, Iowa. The date was memorialized in Don McLean's song American Pie as the day the music died. And the accident not only became one of the great tragic tales of rock history, but also generated its own ghostly mythology. There have been numerous sightings of spooky lights and even a phantom plane near the crash site. People have reported hearing Holly's music playing at his hometown burial site in Lubbock, Texas. In many ways, it seems the music never did die. Ooh, I love that. And I didn't know that it was in February. I didn't know that. And I didn't know it was in Illinois. I remember Iowa. Iowa. Or uh, Iowa. I'm sorry. But I have heard of the story. Mm-hmm. I just never knew the rest of the details. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So learn something new. Yay. Other fun news. Well, what about our New Year's Eve event? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun. Right. So to recap, mm-hmm. we were uh, in attendance at the old Haunted YMCA's New Year's Eve investigation event. So, of course, started New Year's Eve, went into New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And there was a good amount of people that showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. 
it was cool, I think, and it really stood out to us more mm-hmm. than anything because we actually got to take part in some of the investigation. That was exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's always great going to all of these different venues and events that we go to, but because we're always there as a vendor and busy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we don't really always get the time to Partake. go off yeah, yeah, and do any of like the... The fun stuff. Yeah. Not that what we're doing isn't fun, right. but we love the haunting aspect of yes. it. Yes. It was cool, too, because our barista, Sarah, <laughs> got to join in with us, which, which she's, was, yeah. she's never done this before. This was first like her time. first time yeah. investigating with, with anything. Yeah. And so she was a little hesitant at first, but she's like, all right, fine, cool. I'll do it because I'm here. Right. And definitely uh, an experience that she'll never forget. <laughs> She so did, what happened? She did get spooked a yeah. couple of times. <laughs> ran, uh, off. <laughs> ran off. Which is fine. I mean, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It was it But was it was funny. good for a laugh. It was a good time, though. Yeah. And we re- had some recordings mm-hmm. going, mm-hmm. Uh, some videos, yes. some sound, this and that. Right. And well, we did get a lot of stuff in real time. Remember mm-hmm. how when you were asking a question and then said something about the knocking remember the bump 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 and we didn't get a oh, knock i completely yeah. forgot about that i won't forget about I that i forgot because you that said one. can you finish this knock or yeah. this sound or something yeah the beat we, right the beat that's what it was and then we didn't get anything and it was a while yeah. like after we asked it mm-hmm. for that like we didn't get anything immediately mm-hmm. we're still up there in the hallway just right. doing our deal and it's probably like maybe a good five minutes later we go to just walk <clears throat> away yeah and as we're walking away, we hear it in the background. Right. We go bump, bump, and, and then we're all paused. <gasps> like, oh my god, there it, it is! Did it. Yeah, that was yeah. that was. We crazy. got a lot of sounds. Yeah, a lot of like maybe walking. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, though, and I'll just say that mm-hmm. it was very difficult. I think for me, as I was going through my recordings to maybe differentiate or decipher mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of things because there was quite a bit of noise pollution in that building right i, I mean, mean it was a party so many so many NYE. other people just walking through yeah. or investigating uh and then at that time of day because it was new year's yes. eve you could hear fireworks right. going off and honks from cars right. just driving by so it, it was a little bit difficult from from that perspective mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. being there and actually being able to feel the experiences and mm-hmm. actually hear things like that knock mm-hmm. i think they totally were definite uh pieces of of evidence that we did right there we were points capture. where we were and we did definitely feel a lot of cold spots here and there like just super mm-hmm. chills big time but i did hear in my recording yes so we were going down to the basement and there was a clear like voice that said i couldn't really decipher what it was it either said again or it actually did say oh shit hmm. i couldn't tell which one but you could hear it. and i kept playing back mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. weren't talking mm-hmm. you could just hear our footsteps going down mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I heard something like somebody say something. Interesting. Yeah. And it wasn't somebody else. No, because we don't sound like that. No, I mean, not us, but somebody else in the building. No, I don't think so, because this actually sounded like what the normal disembodied voice would sound like, like a recording, like a voice that you would capture. I'll have to share it with you later on. But yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Speaking of the old historic YMCA, awesome news to share. Haunted Happy Hour Coffee is now the official beverage of the old historic YMCA right here in Rock Island, Illinois. 
So we're, of course, completely thrilled and excited for this amazing partnership. So if you come down to an event at the Old Historic YMCA, we will probably be there. And if you haven't already, hopefully you'll get a chance to try our spirit-infused coffee. Woo! Yes, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, so speaking of the coffee with this new year, we also have a new website. It's hauntedhappyhourqc.com. So hauntedhappyhourqc.com. You can now buy our coffee online and you can check out our events page to see where else we're going to be. Yeah. And maybe you can come by, see us, try our coffee, chit chat, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But we are going to be already at a couple of different events throughout the year. So, yeah, I think at the Mm -hmm. moment, five, we have five events up Mm -hmm. there. So Mm -hmm. go check it out. Definitely. Uh, Anything else? I don't think so. Okay, so. This format of this show, I think, will be different. Let me let me start by saying that it's actually going to be a two-parter. So this will be part one. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Ashmore Estates. Mm-hmm. And this episode topic actually came about because Vanessa and I are going to be investigating this location with our friends from Eternal Paranormal. The Saturday after this episode is released, we'll be doing an overnight investigation at Ashmore. So that's really exciting. And we absolutely want to give a shout out, though, first off to Eternal Paranormal. Mm -hmm. Those guys are incredible. They're amazing. So Alicia, Derek, Tiffany and Charles. Yes. Check them out on Facebook. They do weekly vodcasts, which we were actually guests on back in December. Mm -hmm. That was a really fun one. That was fun. So go give them a follow and a like. That's kind of how we've arrived to this point i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so talking about ashmore because back in october these guys eternal paranormal they invited us to investigate ashmore yes vanessa and i have never been here (laughs) so we jumped at the opportunity to do an overnight we heard about so many different experiences and not to mention though i've seen i'm sure you have too Mm -hmm. Uh, the various episodes of paranormal shows that have been recorded or taped yes, here. Yeah. So needless to say, we feel like we just wanted to be able to experience this place for ourselves. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, but before we get into the topic even more, let's talk about today's drink feature. So Vanessa, what are we going to be drinking on today's season premiere episode well i'm kind of excited about this one okay because first of all the can art itself is very cool it is cool and this is from a local brewery so our drink is called skelanaut this is from the brewery in iowa city reunion brewery skelanaut is an oatmeal cookie inspired stout so lily's looking at the can right now Mm -hmm. Lily, do you want to go ahead and open up yours? I will. And go ahead and do a pour. Should we do some like ASMR? Go yeah, ahead. Hold on. Oh, that's that was fun. perfect. Now I'm I love a good stout, honestly, but for people that mm-hmm. don't like stouts, mm-hmm. this is actually kind of a lighter stout, I believe, mm-hmm. and it's not as potent, I think, mm-hmm. but it it has really good flavor, and if you like a good like cookie mm-hmm. you could pair it with a cookie oh, so you brought cookies i did bring cookies for lily so go ahead lily so let me just say first off i don't like stouts 
I know you don't. So I don't like things that are very heavy. Right. Which is a little bit ironic because I like very creamy drinks. Yes. Uh, which are pretty heavy. I think to your point, Vanessa, yeah, this one smells kind of light. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to take a... Go ahead. You, you, don't, you don't have a thing. Is yours glass? Yeah. Cheers. Oh, Ooh, that was like a good that. one. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Okay, bottoms up. Down the hatch. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to say what I got out of it, but you go ahead. What do you think? That's actually a lot smoother mm-hmm. than I thought it was going to be. Mm, not heavy right at all yeah like if i would have had a blindfold on Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have been able to tell it was a dark beer right exactly and i like the fact that it's sweet can you taste like some sweet notes out of there Mm. (laughs) that's fully tasting by the way (laughs) i taste because i think there's like a sweetness you know i don't know if it's like a molasses really but it's there's something sweet there i get like a okay now that you said molasses, mm-hmm. I can I can kind of get that. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel it. Yeah, it's like a sweet, not like your typical stout. I love it. And I was looking at some pictures of this brewery. You can actually go there and eat and have drinks. And it looks like a really cool hangout in Iowa City. If you're local, if you're from the area, I've never been. Lily's taking a bite out of her cookie that I paired it with. Mm. And that cookie's delicious. Right? I just paired it with a regular sugar cookie because I was just thinking the sweet with the drink. Mm-hmm. That actually pairs really well. Right? Mm-hmm. I so like that. We'll post it on our socials so you can see really the can. Really cool can. Yeah. Really cool can. Love the cookie. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah. I actually picked these cans up when I went to Iowa City. So if you're from the area definitely check it out. I don't mind the drink at all. I would say I probably could only have one. Oh, definitely. But it's definitely worth a try, I think. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. I think this is a good one if you're going to be mm-hmm. sitting and sipping. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to be sitting, sipping, and listening to the podcast. Oh, definitely. This is a perfect drink <laughs> for it. Oh, and you know what I was thinking, too, though? Like, mm-hmm. with the fact that it's still brisk out, yeah. you know, this is a perfect just, I'm going to chill. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be hanging out, listening to Haunted Happy Hour favorite podcast Mm -hmm. you know i that's perfect i like them okay uh out of five 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 skeletons (laughs) because that's what's on the can that's the logo yeah it's actually really cool because it looks like a little skeleton astronaut yeah it's actually really cool hence skeleton exactly um i would say four maybe i was thinking around there three and a half Mm -hmm. four yeah uh yeah three and a half four for skeletons yes oatmeal cookie inspired stout so definitely go and check that out. All right. So now that we have our drink, let's get into talking about Ashmore. So I'm sure most people out there listening know about the history of Ashmore. But for those of you who don't, we're going to give a quick little background here. Opened in 1857 as the Coles County Poor Farm and originally located in Charleston Township near the town of Loxa, Illinois, Ashmore Estates sits alone among the never-ending miles of cornfields in eastern Illinois. The Poor Farm was established to provide assistance to people from all walks of life, from the impoverished to the mentally ill residents of the area. Orphans, drug addicts, alcoholics, even widowers, basically anybody that society didn't want to deal with, they would bring them here. That really sad. That really (laughs) just shocked me. It just got me the fact that 
widowers. Like as soon as mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your spouse passed away and that's it yeah like it was like you're you weren't really Mm -hmm. meaningful right and so in case you don't know poor farms were the institution used by rural counties to provide support and care for the rural poor and other groups dependent on the public for support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so basically they brought them here and then they were sent to work essentially so they could feel like they were part of something it sounds like it's something that was really striving to help these Mm -hmm. certain types of people like when society felt that they were essentially worthless and had nothing to Mm -hmm. offer Mm -hmm. these places Mm -hmm. tried to allow for that to happen right but unfortunately it was all based off of how much these places brought in if they brought in a lot of money the poor farm you know was able to thrive and give people what they needed unfortunately if they didn't have a lot of support Mm -hmm. from their local areas then it fell onto these people that were there basically it was like living in I hate to say it, but in a crappy area. Right. When you phrase it that way, you know, you're basing it on how much you're able to bring in and you're putting dollar signs in front of it. Right. I mean, you hear about all these different places where it was essentially just like a farmhouse and they were calling it a poor farm. Right. You know, and exactly all they wanted was the money. Exactly. And then they wanted the people to work for them. Right. Mm -hmm. So in 1870, the county purchased 260 acres in Ashmore Township to establish a new farm. The first building built on the property housed both the poor and insane. It fell quickly into terrible conditions. By 1879, the county farm had recorded 32 deaths out of the roughly 250 residents or inmates, as they were called, who had stayed at the farm between 1870 and 1879 and then they did have i don't know if you noticed they did have like a little cemetery nearby Mm -hmm. for all these people yeah i had seen that there was that one on the grounds Mm -hmm. and then there was another pauper cemetery that they called Mm -hmm. somewhere a little farther down so it said it's visible south of route 16 and it said it is believed to contain the graves of between 60 to 100 people yes 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 and that was that was interesting because I had seen uh, an interview with Robin Terry, who's the current owner, mm-hmm. and he says that they're pretty sure that there were over 200 deaths in the building. And most of those weren't ever documented because people didn't care about these right. people. And it makes sense. I right. mean, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, as sad as it sounds, but right. You know, that's why they got sent there. Yeah, essentially. Exactly. He goes on to talk about uh, the most famous inmate that still haunts the property to this day, Mm -hmm. who is Joe, the maintenance man for the building or Mm -hmm. used to be the maintenance man for the building. And he had been walking back from town when he was hit by an oncoming train. Yes. And he was carried back home to ashmore mm-hmm. where he died due to the severity of his injuries yes so in 1911 due to the building being deemed extremely unsafe and unsanitary it was condemned by the state board of charities mm-hmm. yeah and they added because they actually went in to kind of inspect the area they said it was it had vermin infested walls rough floors small windows improper ventilation but they did say 
but there's plenty of fresh air because they can just open maybe a door or whatever, but they really didn't have a means of like heating mm-hmm. or something proper, like a stove right. for sufficient warmth for these people. Mm-hmm. So you would think maybe right. they were catching illnesses and things in that way as well. Oh, probably. I mean, and I even saw too that it was reported that uh, flies swarmed everywhere. Yes. And yeah. they had noted, the state board had noted that they were especially noticeable on the poor food that was prepared for dinner. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, really deplorable kind of conditions, mm-hmm. unfortunately, for the people that, that were staying here. Right. And there was also no plumbing. Yeah. So who knows what they were makeshifting to be able to do all their necessities. So construction on a new building began in May of 1916. Ashmore Estates, Inc., purchased the property from Coles County in February 1959 with plans to operate a private psychiatric hospital. The project failed after just five years and the hospital closed due to debt in 1964. However, it reopened in 1965 with a revised mission transitioning from a private institution to one that accepted patients from state mental facilities. Records reveal that 49 residents lived on site in 1968. The hospital faced challenges with overcrowding, prompting the need for expansion. But it wasn't until 1977 that funds were allocated for the construction of a new modern wing. Completion of the project didn't happen until the 1980s, And by then, a lot of constraints due to finances and licensing issues took their toll. Because of this, the Illinois Health Facility Planning Board made the decision to close the facility. By April 1986, all inmates had been relocated to other hospitals and Ashmore Estates officially closed. Hmm. So what happened to all those people then? Yeah, that's too bad. There had to have been people there still. Well, I mean, it says that they were relocated to other other hospitals. And so if they got sent to other facilities, who knows? Maybe they were like, remember, we've talked about other asylums, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. They're just essentially thrown right. and forgotten about. And like maybe remember those beds that you talked about that they were trapped in? Mm-hmm. What was that? I don't even remember what it was mm-hmm. called, but like they, they cage essentially. Yep. So who knows where they were thrown into, forgotten, no purpose at all, and just there Mm -hmm. anymore. So, I mean, that was basically a really quick rundown of the history of Ashmore. Mm -hmm. I want to move on now to reported claims. Yes. People report seeing a seven foot tall entity lurking around the building. Hmm. Did you see that? Actually, I did not. <laughs> I would choose not to as well. <laughs> so visitors have reported seeing ghostly apparitions sitting in rocking chairs in the sitting room, believed to be the spirits of former residents who passed away while living in the building. And I think it's it's interesting to note, too, that Robin has said that he has people donate different pieces of furniture or different knickknacks whatever it is Mm -hmm. to to put in the building i did notice as well in some of the videos that i did see uh they were chatting about how in the former hospital kitchen 
And in the women and children's dining room areas, there's a lot of high activity there. Claims include shadow figures and the feeling of uneasiness. And also a lot of peeking around through doorways by a shadow figure. Yeah. And they said that the third floor, people feel like they are not able to breathe. Mm -hmm. The people that were on high alert, um, they needed a lot of restraints and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. So like the worst patients. Yeah. I mean, in theory, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, the worst patients would have been there. They also do say that there's a lot of activity in the day, though. I have heard that. Uh I've I've heard so many people that have been to this location say the same thing. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, just going back to to Robin's thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. I was listening to another episode of a different podcast that he was on. Yeah. And he said the same thing. He's like, despite what most people may think, he's like, stuff happens here. I mean, and it's just like any other place, you know, stuff happens all the time. It doesn't matter if it's three in the afternoon or three in the morning. Right, right. And it's funny, too, because people don't think that sometimes like I've come across people who they don't really, you know, associate the hauntings with daytime. Mm -hmm. They always think it just happens at night. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it and if we were paying close attention. Right. Yeah. Things happen in the day, too. But we're just kind of not really focused or in tune to that. And I think that's exactly it. Like, I've had people ask me, like, why do people investigate at night? Like, why do you have to do it at night? And it's not that you have to. I think that it's just more so to eliminate as much uh, noise pollution pollution Mm -hmm. as you possibly can. Right. Oh, totally. But you were talking about the third floor. Yes. And this floor is where they also say that the apparition of a child has been spotted. Mm, So mm -hmm, Elvis Skinner, mm -hmm. who was a five-year-old who died in 1880 in a fire in a building that was previously on site, is said to play on the third floor. And other investigators have said that they have heard the sound of a little girl giggling, Mm. and they've caught it on EVP, and Mm -hmm. they've also heard it just just there on the spot, plain as day. They can hear it. Also, I also did see that there is a an unknown entity also on the third floor that appears as a phantom mist that's known to grab people. I saw a video of this phantom mist. Mm-hmm. And so you actually saw it. The I mist did. itself. I did. Okay. The one I saw two different videos where one just looked to appear in kind of a, a doorway and it appeared on, on the floor. Ooh. And there was another one, another video that I saw where it looked like it was, I don't know, kind of lurking out of a doorway as well. Oh my gosh. There have been that people that have encountered it and it has has done stuff to oh them. My gosh. them. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of, I'm always going to think back at Stranger Thing moments. Okay. <laughs> they had this black dark mist. They held it in one of the laboratories. Okay. And it was like a dark thing swirling around oh. in case. Anyways, that's what I can, that's what I'm picturing in my mind. Stranger I Things. I hope it's not like that. <laughs> uh, so that's the third floor though. The third okay. floor, it's... There's a lot going on there. A lot going on on the third floor. Uh, The second floor. Yeah. There's said to be the spirit of a former poor farm resident named Mary. They say her raspy breath is known to follow you throughout the building. She's known for throwing and knocking over items, 
toy blocks that people stack have been knocked over. So it's almost a little bit of of poltergeist activity mm-hmm. on the second That's floor. That's what it, it sounds, sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, the first floor is, they say that it's active with every kind of activity imaginable. So people have reported being touched, hearing knocks on the door, hearing whistling. I was watching a video mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they had the whistling really it was plain as day oh my gosh and it wasn't it wasn't the kind of whistling where maybe you know on an evp you could capture mm-hmm. it like in the distance yeah this was as if i'm sitting here whistling to you oh my god you would hear it that clearly Jeez. no mistaking it and it kept going <gasps> it didn't just like really quick whistle yeah. it was constant oh my gosh maybe yeah. this person really loved to whistle while they worked or something it was it was interesting and creepy at the same time the guy ran out the guy ran out of the building yikes so they also hear voices uh-huh. uh hear footsteps mm-hmm. going up the stairs and loud thumps yes i did see a video where they did hear the loud thumps mm-hmm. they heard knocking and also like a door was kind of opening up mm-hmm. and being squeaky but prior to that, like they arrived and okay. this was during the daytime. It was really cool because I haven't thought about this, but right. I'm like, it makes sense to be able to bring out the spirits. Yes. You would never guess what they did first. Oh, gosh. They played music and they danced. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never would have thought about doing that. Because like they first got there before they even did the investigating. Yeah. You know, they were just like trying to ask questions, mm-hmm. this and that, and mm-hmm. they really didn't get anything. Right. After the music, mm-hmm. things started happening. Interesting. And their theory behind it was like they wanted to seem like they were there to invite them, mm-hmm. there to, you know, not to cause harm, but they thought that, you know, music is universal. Right. That was their theory. And I'm like, that's that's actually pretty cool. That's really I interesting. I never thought about that. So I was listening again to an interview with with Robin and he was saying he goes, uh, I think the question was, have what have other people experienced there mm-hmm. in your building? And mm-hmm. he's like, honestly, I have no idea. He's mm-hmm. like, people that come to investigate don't always tell me what they what they experience here. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll come do their deal and then mm-hmm. they'll just leave. And sometimes I never hear back from them. Yeah. Uh, he's like, sometimes people do tell me. Yeah, we were. We were there for like five hours and nothing happened. Uh, mm-hmm. We were there, mm-hmm. you know, all night and nothing happened. Right. And he's like, and I come back to them. I'm like, well, have you have you listened to your recordings yet? Mm-hmm. And he's he's like, I he's like, I always tell people, I suggest. He's like, listen to your recordings there on the spot. He's like, you could be investigating mm-hmm. for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, and not experience anything right. physical. He's right. like, but... It's then there. if you listen to your recordings, somebody's been talking to you for the yeah, past 20 minutes. Exactly. And actually funny that you're saying that because that's what these people did. Every time they asked several questions, mm-hmm. pause, mm-hmm. they would play back. Right. And they actually kept doing that frequently. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. And so it also kind of ties me back to the spirit of, of Elva. Mm-hmm. So interestingly, her spirit obviously is known to roam the building. Robin was talking about, uh, I don't want to say neighbor because obviously Ashmore is in the middle of nowhere. Right, exactly. It is. But probably like the next closest house. There used to be uh, 
a girl that lived there. Mm -hmm. And the girl used to tell her mom that Elva used to come visit her. Mm. One Christmas season, the girl told the mom, my friend came came to visit me. Mm. And she told her this story. And then the mom goes to Robin and she she calls him up and she's like, hey, did you... We, we've been out of town all weekend. Did you happen to put any kind of Christmas decorations up in the building? And he's like, she had no way of knowing this. But yes, we we, we put Christmas oh, decorations wow. up. We put yeah. Christmas lights. Yes. And so I told her, actually, yeah, we did. And we put Christmas lights up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, OK. She's like, because my daughter told me that her friend came to visit her and told her she's happy now because now she can see in the building. Oh, my God. So they realized that Elva likes to have lights on in the building so she can see. That is so sweet. Yeah. Robin was like, I also always tell investigators, try Mm -hmm. investigating Mm -hmm. with the lights on. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't have to have the lights completely off. You know, I mean. Makes a lot of sense. Take it from Elva. She she likes to hang out and play in the light. You know what? I never thought about that either. But if you're dealing with child spirits Mm -hmm. that would make a lot of sense because children are children right regardless yeah you know and so we as humans living yes tend to forget you know it all translates the same Mm -hmm. whether you're living or not living it all makes sense Mm -hmm. you know it's like what would you like now right well same thing yes yeah uh going back to joe so joe the old maintenance man yeah so he is said to roam around the basement specifically the boiler room and he's known to be protective of this area Mm -hmm. and in particular is said to scratch or harass women Mm -hmm. who would not have been permitted in the area during its operational years so that kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. i get it Mm -hmm. one male paranormal investigator was thrown and knocked down while in the boiler room after being aggressive with the spirit of oh, Joe yeah. because Joe was being equally aggressive towards some of the female investigators with oh, him. Oh, okay. That's he's, pretty intense. He's willing to throw down. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> wow. I was watching uh, the Ashmore Estates episode of Jack Osborne's yeah. Night of Terror. Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah. It was interesting uh-huh. that... Uh-huh. Jack asked Robin, you know, is there something that you're wanting to get from us? Like, why are we here type deal? Mm -hmm. And so Robin said that he wants to know if there are any unmarked graves outside because he thinks that that could possibly be the reason why some of the spirits inside the building are so aggressive. Mm. I never would have thought that. Mm -hmm. I would have just thought that there's just people trespassing that we don't like. I think it just goes back to these spirits possibly feeling disrespected because during their lifetime, they were essentially just thrown away and thrown mm-hmm. to this place because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to deal with them. Right. And even in death, they still Feel never received yeah. any any kind of like a of proper love. right. Yeah. A proper burial or a proper anything. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's sad, though, if you really think about it. So my question, I'll ask you. You're like, I'll ask you because you're here. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask you first and then I'll answer it myself. (laughs) Why do we want to go to Ashmore? Why do you want to go? go? Okay, so initially when it was brought to me, the question, you know, do you want to go? 
I thought, obviously, right. number one, we've never been to an actual, you know, investigation of this nature where we're literally just thrown in. We've always been with somebody always like a tour person. And I actually want to experience these things myself without the outside people affecting it. Because sometimes I feel like if there's a tour guide there and they're like, OK, here was this, here was that. Da, da, da. And here we're going to do this. So I just want to go in and float about and then just see what happens and just be in the actual atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be cool to bring in like trigger objects like we were talking about to, you know, see what happens. You know, I'm kind of intrigued in that aspect. Now, though, now reading everything, I think I have a different perspective going in, which I'm happy about because now I know what happened, how these people were treated how they probably felt and why it is that they're possibly feeling that way now in there. So I think it's cool to find out more. Right. What about you, Lily? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I think you kind of said it. We've always essentially investigated in a very, I don't even know what you call it. Kind of like a cookie cutter investigation. That's the way I always pictured it, like a cookie cutter like a tour guide setting, you mm-hmm. know, just for the general it's mainstream like, public. I would say like I always investigated with like with like a mom, the tour guide. Mm-hmm. And it's like now I want to investigate on my own. The little birdies ready to fly. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I think to me that offers a whole different perspective on the entire investigation process just in general. Mm-hmm. I know that ever since we have been investigating, which has been years now, like psh, 10 plus years, we have learned so much with each and every one of these investigations and it's just something obviously that i want to continue to keep learning and keep evolving with and keep furthering my understanding with the other side and it's just an interesting way i think for me to kind of keep growing and keep learning about the paranormal just in general Mm -hmm. i know that we've talked about several occasions about always being able to be open Mm -hmm. to helping these spirits and to see what it is that you can offer these Mm -hmm. spirits Mm -hmm. and maybe you're the one that can do something for them Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you'll never know unless you try it exactly so what are your perceptions going into this investigation why are you asking me all these tough questions on the spot first of all because it's fun to (laughs) you're like it's fun to put you on the spot your real life (laughs) explanations like i think for me my perception is that it's going to be a very intense experience no matter how you look at it either with the types of encounters that we experience or the knowledge that we gain from the experience and are able to grow from it. Mm -hmm. We have never been on an overnight investigation before, but right now I think of it as being in that type of setting for Mm -hmm. such Mm -hmm. a long period of time (laughs) Yes, with the knowing of you're not leaving for a really long time. You're trapped essentially in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, 
uh, that kind of plays plays with your mind a little bit. So the thing is, is that I think that a lot of people, you know, sometimes think that you're going to go investigate and they're like, oh, OK, cool. What's the room situation? What's the bedding situation? It's like, um, well, about that. I think most investigators get it. So that's kind Why, of. Did somebody say that to you? <laughs> I will not name them. If they're listening, you know who you are. They asked, oh, okay, cool. What's the what's the room situation like? And so <laughs> I was like, well, there really isn't a bedding room situation. You're just, if you can sleep, good luck. Well, and that's the thing, though. Like, I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, realistically, yeah, that's great. There, There's an area to sleep. You know, you bring your pillows and your sleeping bags, <laughs> blanket, whatever. Yeah. But to me, um, right now, yeah. Um, are you really gonna be sleeping? That's what I'm thinking about and, too, though. And it's funny though because I, it doesn't bother me, right? I feel that in the moment you mm-hmm. won't even be thinking about sleeping, right? You're gonna be just it, the adrenaline uh-huh. is just gonna kick in mm-hmm. so much that yes. you're just so into the situation right. at that point in yes. time. And nothing else is going to bother you right. until until you leave. Until you leave and it all of a sudden comes crashing down and hitting you like a brick wall. Enter Haunted Happy Hour Coffee. <laughs> exactly. So, so we'll be prepared. Exactly. So right now, like we're just feeling like we're going to go in. We're super pumped. This is an exciting um, situation, moment, experience, etc. And we're just fully charged to go in and just see what happens. So on that note, though, yeah. what are we doing to prepare for this investigation, this overnight? <laughs> so I know that Lily has this like giant checklist of everything she's going to be bringing. Uh, what I'm picturing is so I have like Girl Scout camp background. I used to be a camp counselor. I used to do all that jazz. I still camped with uh, my daughter till you know, she outgrew that we were doing the Girl Scout camp stuff and so I picture literally I'm roughing it in the woods because for a whole summer, I remember right out of college, I used to live in the woods at camp. So that's what literally I am picturing that I'm going to be bringing my camp gear is really what it is. And obviously huge exclamation point on warmth, trying to keep warm. I'm hoping we get another heat wave. <laughs> A heat wave of like a 40, heat, 50. Heat wait in February. So what did the groundhogs say though? Like oh. we just had groundhog days. So oh, yeah, yesterday was groundhog day. So he he what he predicted spring, didn't I he? I think spring would come early. Yeah. So who Is knows? Is it coming by next weekend? <laughs> because that's, that's when we'll that's be the there. That's a big question. So <laughs> we're packing like extra layers, extra socks. Right. The heat packs, yes. the hats, etc. Yes. You know, so we're just packing like we're going to where are we going? North Pole is basically <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you want to be comfortable because if you're not comfortable, then you're just gonna hate your life being there. <laughs> so I'm trying to account for uh all seasons. <laughs> I mean, because I'm waiting to see what the weather is going to be like. I think we'll get a better understanding as it gets closer what the actual weather will be like. But in the event that it's freezing <laughs> and it's like it's been the last couple of days, I mean, I'm just probably going to bring like my snow gear. 
<laughs> Lily's gonna go skiing in the Swiss Alps <laughs> next weekend. No, but I'm excited to talk about this in our part two right. and say, oh man, we should have brought blah blah blah. Right. <laughs> we should have brought this. I knew I should have brought that and da da da. So we'll see. I know, but I mean, I'm for sure making a checklist because I don't want to be stupid and forget something. Right. I mean, something as easy as like batteries could be easily forgotten or something as simple as like a flashlight right or the other day i realized i was like oh damn i probably should bring my charging bank yes so i'm like okay now i need to find it though like (laughs) i have 90 million but when you actually need them you can't find them yeah true and I keep forgetting to add that to the list. So I'm like, okay, great. Watch. I'm not going to bring it. <laughs> I am going to truly forget it. <laughs> I'm trying to be prepared as prepared as possible. You know, right. I have, I have my, my equipment, the backpack. I'm trying to get batteries, flashlights, trying to dress appropriately. Right. right. We need our uh, paranormal investigator kit. I mean, we need coffee. Definitely. We're going to need that. All the energy drinks you can get. Right. <laughs> the thing with this though, and it's funny because I was... I was like, okay, so once I go, doesn't matter what the experience is like to me. I know regardless, I'm going to love it. And I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Where are we going next? I knew you were going to say that. I knew that. I mean, because I know that this is just going to be the start of me wanting to do this all the time. Constantly. And the the next one that I thought of was Uh like, okay, cool. Like, You've been wanting to go to Villisca for oh, the longest gosh, time. Yeah. So it's like that needs to be on the list that somewhere needs to be on the to, list. for us to be able to go and and investigate that one. That would be quite the experience, though. Oh, my gosh. Like thinking about it now, I'm like, we could actually capture a lot. Yeah. Seriously. That's wild. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm feeling very, very pumped, very positive about the investigation. And I think like you said, though, I, I can't wait for us to come back next week and talk about what we experienced, mm-hmm. share our thoughts and plan out our next our next investigation. Exactly. So on that note, before we close out, I wanted to share a clip of a couple investigators that actually did go to the estates and they have some reported claims that have happened to people while on investigation. So here it is. Some of the claims at Ashmore State are very amazing. In October of 2009, there was a meteorologist that was doing a news scene on the third floor near the nurse's station. He was seated there and he woke up later on the floor with a broken collarbone and wasn't sure how that had happened and how he ended up on the floor. Yeah, that's definitely one of the claims that we were interested in looking into because when it comes to physical manipulation, that's not something that happens very often. There's uh, footsteps being heard. Oh yeah, that's a common thing that we get. There are also disembodied voices that are heard. Those are always great to try and test because you're looking at the environment, trying to figure out, you know, is it coming from outside, is it coming from inside? Also, shadows being seen moving throughout the hallways. Another common thing we get a lot of times, but also a lot of fun to try to test. And one thing that happened to us in our last investigation, there was an air current one of our investigators was feeling, and it uh, turned out to be bats. A little oh. disappointing in the uh, <laughs> actual natural explanation, but still very cool. We always have to consider the wildlife at the locations we go to. Uh, there's even up on the third floor a bell that you could hear being dinged every once in a while. Last time we were there, we thought we had that same experience. We heard a bell ding, but when we went back to see if we can replicate it, when you're on the first floor and someone rings it on the third floor, you can't actually hear it. 
Some of the other claims on the more famous ones, if you will, when we first heard about Ashmore Estates uh, were, were regarding uh, a little girl who passed away in a fire. Her name was Elvis Skinner, and she passed away in the 1880s. Her nightgown actually caught on fire, and unfortunately she essentially burned to death. This happened when it was the Coles County Poor Farm, so not the building that Ashmore is currently, but on the property where Ashmore was built. You hear about this often. When you look up Ashmore Estates online, you're gonna find these claims, but it's important to know, you know how much is actually based in real history and how much is just you know, kind of wishful thinking when it comes to what's gonna actually occur when you're doing an investigation there. All right, so we'll be excited to report back then on what we experienced. Yeah, exactly. Should be a good one. We're excited. <laughs> TBD, more to come, part two. Exactly. Uh, next week. So <laughs> what we encounter. <laughs> so with that, until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.